The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain. I'm retired from medical practice, but I'm still working in healthcare, helping family caregivers. I see family caregiving as one of the most important supports for healthcare right across the world right now. So who are family caregivers? Well, family caregivers are the people who go on providing care to family members when all the professional caregivers, like I used to be, have gone home. So here I'm going to make a confession. I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, the name of this particular episode is Seizure Response Dog Guides and Family Caregiving. And what we're going to talk about today is dog guides and the way they help children, families, and family caregivers when a family member is subject to seizures. So what are seizures? Well, seizures seizures are... Um, things that events that occur in ep- epilepsy, but also in other medical conditions. Um, now, epilepsy is a condition which affects as many as four million people in North America, and for many of these people, it's a lifelong condition. What epilepsy actually is is a condition of the brain which causes sudden bursts of intense activity in the brain. And it's the intense activity that produces the seizures. A seizure can occur as a brief stare, somebody just looking into space. It can occur as a change of awareness. That is to say, they don't seem to be in contact with the world that surrounds them. Or it can occur as a convulsion, which which can be a very frightening and alarming thing. Um, The seizure can last a few seconds or even a few minutes. Medications are available to reduce the frequency and severity of seizures, but there is no cure for epilepsy, though much, much research is being done. And in dangerous situations, seizures bring the risk of serious injury and even death. Before a seizure, there may be sensations called an aura, which may be a warning that a convulsion might be about to occur. During a seizure, The person may become unconscious. Then, as the person regains consciousness, he or she she may be tired, confused, disoriented, and this can last for a few minutes, a few hours, or even a few days. Seizures become an emergency and a serious one if they last five minutes or more, 
or if they occur one after the other without full recovery between them, then immediate medical care is required. In other words, it's a 911 call. Now, I'm going to introduce our two guests, but first of all, I'd like to tell you about them. We have three today. Um, The first of our guests is Hastings Saunders. He's a very bright nine-year-old boy. He has epilepsy. Now, when medication didn't help enough with his seizures and the side effects took over his personality, his mother, Sandra Saunders, a special education teacher, looked for alternatives. In April 2010, through the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides, she found Manny. Manny is a seizure response dog guide that this organization trained. Since then, says Sandra, Hastings seizures have dramatically reduced. Because Hastings is so grateful to the Lions Foundation for Manny, he is doing everything he can to to give something back to the foundation. For example, he's created a movie about his story, and this movie is shared at service club meetings. He's raised over $800 for the Purina Walk for Dog Guides so that other people will be able to have the same opportunities to benefit from seizure response dog guides as he's done. Next, uh, our guest is Ian Ashworth. He's program director Lands Foundation of Canada Dog Guides Training Center in Oakville, Ontario. His dog career began in 1983 when he was an apprentice trainer with Guide Dogs for the Blind in the UK. He worked as a guide dog mobility instructor and then as a dog supply supervisor for over 10 years before moving to the National Breeding Center in the UK as deputy breeding manager. In 1999, he became national breeding manager. In this position, he continued to improve international collaborative dog guide breeding programs and This is a remarkable number coming up. He increased the number of pups born to 1,250 a year. Then in 2002, he moved to Canada to become the program director for Dog Guides Canada, where he now oversees all dog guide programs at the school, as well as the breeding, fostering, and kenneling of the dogs. Um, Welcome to the show, Sandra, Hastings, and Ian. Thank you, Gordon. Good Good to have you. Now, I'm going straight into the questions, and I'm going to ask Sandra, first of all. Please, Sandra, would you tell us about your family's experience with Hastings seizures? Okay. In uh, about a year ago, at the end of uh, May in 2009, we took a trip to Disney World where we uh, were making the most of our trip and staying up late and getting up early. And our second last night, um, Hastings had uh, what is called like a grand mal big seizure uh, right in front of us. And we had never seen anything like that before uh, from him, and it was a very, very scary time for us. Um, Once he had the seizure and kind of came back to fine, um, he told us that that was what he had been telling us about um, for months on end. Uh, We didn't really pay too much attention because he's got an amazing um, imagination, and he had been telling us that he'd been shaking in his bed and flopping around like a fish, and we never saw any of these episodes 
because they only happened when he was very, very tired, um, as he was falling asleep or as he was waking up. So it was very scary for us being out of country and um, not knowing what was going on. Um, but it did help to kind of string together some other events that um, we were semi-aware of when he was quite young, and we realized that he had been having seizures for at least four years. Um, so immediately we got him um, seen. He had um, a CAT scan and M MRI to make sure there was um, no tumors or anything going on there, and an EEG test um, proved that he had epilepsy at that time. Okay. We're going to come back to more of this story in a moment, but I'd like to ask Ian now about the Lance Foundation of Canada Dog Guides and the work it does, particularly with seizure response dog guides. Ian? Um, well, we started here, um, Lions Foundation started 25 years ago um, in Oakville, uh, Ontario, with lots of different programs. And um, when I, I joined um, a few years ago, uh, the seizure response program was sort of mixed in with, with sort of the other programs. Um, and, uh, and I felt it, was, it sort of deserved more attention, deserved more emphasis. And so... Um, we created then the, a specific program to, um, to help people uh, with epilepsy and, and seizure disorders. Um, and so uh, we started then with, um, with Gloria Peckham, who had done some, uh, a lot of training um, with, uh, previously for seizure response dogs and, um, and started it off as, as its own program. Um, during that time then, we um, made several sort of choices, really, the first one was to be fully inclusive as to who we trained um, in terms of age. Um, there, there is no age limit, and we take um, everybody on a case-by-case -case basis and, uh, and provide dogs um, for anybody that, that we feel would benefit um, throughout Canada. Right. Now, I'm, we'll come back to those questions again in a moment, too, but Sandra... What, what was it actually that led you to think of having a dog guide? Well, when Hastings was first diagnosed with epilepsy, we looked into some medications and we tried two different ones, um, each for one for about eight weeks and one for several months. And the medications just changed him so much um, that he wasn't the child he was before. He was um, grumpy, he was tired, and he couldn't function very well at school. Um, he also just didn't feel right. He had headaches, uh, hallucinations, rashes, and it just was not the right fit for him. And that um, led me to start looking for some alternatives. Um, there were some alternative diets that we tried with him, and um, most of the research that I read pointed towards the dogs and that they were such a great influence on people with epilepsy and um, that they can be great companions. I'm going to go to Ian now just quickly because we're going to going to a break shortly okay. but could you just list for us briefly the types of special needs or what i call medical issues mm -hmm. that seizure response dog guides help with um well it's it's any really it's any type of of uh, seizure disorder or epilepsy um the the particular things that that we need is something for the dog to latch onto. um so it, it is um you know people with frequent seizures um, usually, you know, as Sandra said, um, you know, with Hastings, the, the tonic-clonic or, or grand mal seizure, um, and something that the dog can actually um, sort of 
take notice of. Sometimes, obviously, you know, as you know, um, Gordon, with lots of seizures, they're, they're very, very different. And um, if somebody just simply sort of has an absence um, for a very short period of time, then the dogs can't really pick up on that and they can't um, respond to that sort of seizure. But in, in terms of, of um, particular uh, medical issues, it, it's any sort of seizure disorder or, or epilepsy, which the dog can pick up on. Great. Now, it is coming up to time for us to take the break. Um, and I'm going to say this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Sandra and Hastings Saunders and Ian Ashworth. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're definitely going to be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Join G. Cobb in the house every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. This show takes you inside the world of sports from one who knows. Gary Cobb is an 11-year NFL veteran who has almost 20 years in sports radio and television. From the locker room to the clubhouse, we'll talk on the inside with the newsmakers on the sports scene. It's always exciting and full of energy. G. Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren is broadcast live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk network streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you know i need someone you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon atherley if you have any questions or comments about our program please address them by email to doc g at mymonami.com that's doc letter g at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Sandra and Hastings Saunders and Ian Ashworth. Our topic is seizure response dog guides and family caregiving. Now, we're going to talk about some of the background on dog guides and seizures, seizures assistance. I'm going to ask Ian, first. Please tell us about the dogs and the training they receive generally and for seizures assistance. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, With our dogs, what we do is um, we have uh, a whole breeding colony to start off with. Um, We have about 50 dogs in our breeding colony and we carefully select those those dogs um, to produce the very best type of dogs that we can. Um, you know, we need a dog with a wonderful temperament, um, a dog that will adapt to being with anybody in any situation, obviously a dog that is very, very friendly and, and outgoing, but one that is very, very trainable as well. 
um, and all those things that are really important um, for for all our programs and, and especially for our seizure response dogs. Um, with the the puppies as they're born, they then go out to foster families, which are, are volunteer families that look after the puppies for the first year of their life. And during that first year, the, our volunteer families socialize them, get them out, and uh, expose them to every sort of situation that they could possibly encounter, um, get them used to public transport and uh, shopping malls and um, places that they could possibly go um, later on in their, as they're at, in their adult life. We also um, help with classes and training classes for the, uh, for the foster families so that um, when the dogs actually come in for training here uh, in Oakville, they are um, well socialized, well behaved, and we've got a, um, a good dog to start working with. Um, the breeds that we use are, are generally Labradors and Golden Retrievers. Um, we also use standard poodles like Manny. And, uh, and we do occasionally cross the Labrador and Golden Retriever. Um, they make a, a really sort of nice type of dog. So those are the, the main sort of breeds that we use. Right. Um, as I said, the training starts at, uh, at about 14 months of age, and they uh, are trained regularly here at our Oakville Center. They'll be assigned to, uh, to their own trainer, who will have about eight dogs and will... Um, vary the training throughout the day, and so they're out on the streets. They get basic obedience training, um, and uh, so they're well behaved. And then the specialist training will start. Now I'm going to stop you there because I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. Yes, yeah, sure. Because I'd now like to ask a question to Hastings. Um, is Hastings on the phone now? Yep. Hi. Um, first of all, tell us about Manny. What colour is he? Manny is a white standard poodle, and he's two and a half years old. How does he fit into the family, and how does he help you? He fits into the family um, because he's got a very good personality, and he's very funny. And in our family, like, really funny people. And he really helps me. Um, um, Pardon me? Yes, I was going to say, just how does he help you? I mean, for example, does he go to school with you? Um, he will be, he's coming with me once a week, um, until, until the end of the school year. And then he will come full shift, um, every, every day next year. Very nice. And um, does he like going to school, do you think? Um, I think he does, but he's not very crazy like I expect him to, to be, and even the students aren't crazy like I expected them to be when Manny comes in. Yeah, right. Now, we're going to ask you some more questions in a moment, but I'm now going to go back to Ian, please. And would you just please say something about the special training that the seizure assistance dog guides get. Okay. Well, what we want the dog to do eventually is to bark for help when uh, somebody has a seizure. Um, and that's uh, one of the most important things that they can do. A lot of um, people you know, are having seizures and 
that either two things happen. First of all, you know, the family don't, don't know that they're having a seizure and they could get into, you know, they could be in a dangerous situation. Um, or if they're out in the general public, then people um, tend to ignore seizures. Um, it's something that people want to avoid. And so if they've got a dog there with um, a coat on, you know, with a jacket on saying it's a seizure response dog, barking and barking, then that attracts attention and people are much more likely to help and assist um, if the dog is barking. We start that off, that training off, obviously by teaching the dog to bark. Um, and we will teach the dog to bark on command, um, usually using the command help and, uh, and getting the dog to bark and then praising the dog, giving the dog loads of encouragement and loads of praise when it does bark, when it does respond. Over a period of time and with repetition and reward, then um, the dog really starts learning to bark well and to bark on command. Our trainers then will mimic a seizure and at the same time will we'll give the dog the command to help. Um, and so the dog will be starting to bark because of the command. And oh, again, over a period of time and repetition and reward, the dog starts to learn to respond to the actual um, sort of mimic um, seizure that our trainers that our trainers do, and that continues um, here and in every sort of situation. So we actually have our trainers going out on the streets and sort of falling over on the grass verge and having a, a fake seizure and encouraging the dog to bark and bark and bark in that sort of scenario. Wow! I'm going to come back more about that in a moment but i just want to ask sandra going back to hastings and seizures what were the particular challenges that you hoped your dog guide manny would help you with well there's a lot of things that go along with seizures that uh, people don't realize uh, that can help um, people out when they know a little bit more uh, when people have seizures they generally have a lot of fears and anxiety and um, sometimes aggression and um, they lack control, and sometimes will crave control. So we do uh, see some of those behaviors in Hastings around the times when he has seizures, and um, the dog is a calming influence on him and helps him to deal with a lot of those extra challenges that come with living with epilepsy. Can I just ask you a question? Um, have you actually witnessed the dog and Hastings together when there may be a seizure on its way or something like that? Uh, we have. However, the dog hasn't um, picked them up um, to respond yet, uh, only because they're a new team, and Hastings seizures are mostly in the middle of the night. So the dog's sound asleep, Hastings is sound asleep, and he just hasn't picked up on that yet, but they've only been together for a short time, and I'm sure that that will come. Right, learning experience. Yes. Now, let's go back to Ian, please. How do the dogs know that a seizure is coming on? And what I'm asking really to you to do is to expand on the training that you were just describing, particularly with the mock seizures. And um, I, then I'd like you to go on to answer the question, well, what are the things that they are trained to do aside from barking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, we train our dogs to, to respond to the seizure. Um, so, you know, once a seizure is actually happening, we, we try and get the dog to respond by barking. Over a period of time, as a bond develops in some situations, not all situations, the dogs start to pick up on something else. 
And that's a great question um, in terms of, of how do they know that a seizure is coming on. And, and as yet, that's unanswered. Um, we don't know whether it is some subtle change in body language or some, even some difference in scent or some uh, subtle change in electrical activity. So it's a real mystery as to what exactly do the dogs pick up on that give them advance warning that a seizure is coming. Um, and it doesn't happen in every case. It only happens in some situations uh, where the, there is a really, really strong bond between the person and the dog. Um, so, so that that is something that you know is still yet to be discovered. Right, um, that's a matter for research, isn't it? It, it is absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, some, Ian, still with you. Somebody had described to me the idea of a dog being trained to push a button. Yep. Does that does that actually occur with the, your the dogs that you're training for seizure assistance? Yes, we do. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a couple of other work? things that, that, that we train the dogs to do. And uh, quite often it will be sort of individual training for a specific person. Um, uh, a lot of people, as, as Sandra has just said, as, as they have seizures, they do get very, um, very worried, very fearful, um, disorientated. And um, as they're coming out of their seizure, they you know, might need to get for help. They just might need just some assurance. So we can train, we train the dogs to retrieve things. We, tr we train, train the dogs to retrieve um, a cordless phone or a cell phone. Or some people um, have like a lifeline system set up where they have a button connected to the phone line that then dials, automatically dials 911 or a relative. And we train the dogs to hit those buttons if that's what somebody uses. The other really useful thing that we train the dog to do is to snuggle. And, um, uh, you know, one of the great things is to see when you see someone there, they are disorientated, they are worried, and their, their new friend, their new dog guide is snuggled right up into them, and they're being cuddled, and that has a really good grounding effect. Um, somebody, you know, comes out of a seizure, and there's their best friend there snuggling up against them, um, and, and, and we found that that really helps to reduce the stress of seizures as well. Very good. Now, we are going into the break in a moment, and I'm, when we come back from the break, I'm going to ask Hastings a question. Um, but what I just want to say so far, it's coming out very clearly that these dogs are highly specialized and presumably highly intelligent animals who are very perceptive. Uh, that's my, my kind of conclusion from what you're saying, but we're going to be discussing that uh, more when we come back from the break. So um, I'm going to say it is time for that break. It dominates everything we do. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Sandra and Hastings Saunders and Ian Ashworth. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America channel. Please stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m y 
M-O-N-A-M-I.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guests, Sandra and Hastings Saunders and Ian Ashworth. Our topic is seizure response, dog guides, and family caregiving. Now, I have a question for Hastings. Hastings, what are the three best ways in which your dog helps you and your family? Well, one is he is my best friend. He also he also helps me. He also helps me feel safe, and he keeps me happy and calm. That's wonderful. That's just wonderful. Now, I'm going, I have another question for you soon, um, which is going to ask, ask you something very similar, but I think that's very clear, and I think that's something that uh, I hope a lot of people are taking notice of, the, the way it makes you feel safe and becomes a friend to you and makes you feel happy. Um, so I'm going to now go to your mom and ask Sandra, um, this question, what advice do you give to families caring for family members who experience seizures and who are thinking about a dog guide? Now, it may be that you don't give advice, but if you did, what would be the kind of advice that you, do give, you would give? Well, when I was going through the process, uh, the first thing I did was a lot of research. Uh, I spent a lot of time online looking at the different organizations and where you can get seizure response dogs. Um, you'll find a lot of places advertising seizure alert dogs. Um, promising that those dogs will alert to seizures before they happen. And um, the research just isn't there to prove that. Um, so I think I steered away from those pretty quick. Um, organizations like the Lions Foundation are just so well uh, planned out, so friendly, and uh, they really helped us to uh, guide us through the process um, of getting the dog. And um, we couldn't have uh, worked with a better organization for this. They just took care of everything right from beginning and are still continuing to take care of us and all of our needs and answering our questions. Um, I certainly would recommend um, contacting the Lions Foundation for any questions. Um, even if you're just in the question phase, they're very helpful. Thank you. Ian, from your perspective, what are the typical questions that Dog Guides Canada and you personally are asked by families who like, like Sandra's was, who are caring for a family member with um, seizures and who are considering a dog guide for seizures assistance. In other words, families like Sandra's who are mm -hmm. going through the research phase, what kind of questions do they ask you and how do you respond to them? Well, one of the, one of the first questions that, that people ask is, um, as Sandra said, do they alert to seizures? Do our dogs... Um, you know, how far ahead can a dog uh, alert to a seizure? Um, and and we, we are completely upfront in saying that, you know, we do not train our dogs to do that because we don't know what they do respond to um, if and when they do. Um, so we make it clear that, um, you know, we, we train dogs to respond to seizures and to retrieve and to, you know, to help and, and provide companionship. Um, the other thing that people ask often is, is how much is it going to cost? Um, how much do we charge and, and, and how much do they have to pay for the dog? Um, and, and again, our, our answer is that not a cent. Um, one of the great things about, um, about Dog Guides Canada and the support we get from everybody is that we can provide dogs free of charge. 
um, regardless of, of where anybody comes from in Canada and um, anybody's sort of financial state, we, we just ch- we charge nothing for our dogs. Um, and that is purely because of the financial support we, we receive from Lions Clubs and from the general public. Um, and then thirdly, the people ask, sort of, you know, what type of dogs do we have? Um, and what type of dogs uh, can we provide and, and what do they need to do to get one? Right. Now, people listening to this program are also in the United States. Can you say if the situation is the same in the U.S., that is to say um, the dog is provided free by the Alliance Foundation? What's the situation there as far as you know? Um, well, we, we have um, uh, an umbrella organization called Assistance Dogs International that um, was founded you know, sort of by the industry to provide standards um, because there isn't any real sort of legislation. You know, anybody can decide to set up a, uh, a dog guide school anywhere and charge for dogs or you know, provide any dogs. Um, and what I would say is to anybody anywhere, we, on- we only cover Canada um, and, uh, and people living uh, resident in Canada. However, there are some good organizations in the U.S. that, um, that provide a similar sort of um, uh, trained dog. But the best way to locate that organization is by um, contacting Assistance Dogs International um, because uh, providing a dog um, is, um, you know, is something that we do and we hold to you know, our high sort of standard. Unfortunately, not everybody does. Um, and schools that are accredited by Assistance Dogs International do um, all uh, adhere to those same high standards. So, uh, and that covers the U.S. as well. That's, that's a worldwide organization. That's very helpful. Thank you. Now, my question for Hastings. Um, Hastings, when you're all together, that is you, your family, and Manny, and you're all working or playing together, what are the things that, really make the sun shine for you? What are the things that make you really, really happy? Mm. You know, the kind of things that you were talking about before, that yeah. he's, he's your best friend. Yeah. What does he do? Well, I know I can really trust him to keep me safe. And, and my... And, um, that's good. Does and, he... um, um, he, he really, um, let me ask you, let me ask you this. What, does he make you smile? Yeah. What does he make you smile over? Well, he just he just has he's just sort of funny when I'm sad. He cheers me up by pretending to dig out my bed. Yeah, that's that's just just great. Yeah. Um, you you give us a very happy picture of you and the dog, and um, in some of the material that I've got to prepare. You know, um, we've got a photograph of you and Manny together, and you both look very happy. And that's the message that I think you're wanting to give us, that
that this dog is a friend to you and he helps you. But also, how does he help your mom? Um, <coughs> he helps my mom by letting her know when I have seizures and then she can give me my med- medication when, it, when it's needed. Yeah, he's, so he's kind of Dr. Manny <laughs> in that way. That's very good. Now, I'm going to ask Ian, um, same question really that I asked Hastings, which is when you work with a family such as that of Sandra and Hastings, what are the things that really make the sunshine for you? Oh, I, I think it's exactly what Hastings said. I, I, I think when you hear um, somebody like Hastings, and um, you know that goes with lots of people that we provide dogs to say that you know for the first time they've got somebody, uh, their sort of new hairy friend, um, who's helps them to feel safe and and provides them with that sort of independent feeling where they you know don't have to have somebody there all the time, um, and it's like. That's fantastic. That's that's what we're here for, and it's a huge, huge privilege. Every time I hear hear that, and I think, wow, I think I've got the best job in the world. It's just uh, unbelievable. Wonderful. Now, Sandra, I'm going to bring us to into the question of costs, and I know what was said before. That is, there are no direct costs at all because Lions Foundation basically pays for everything, but that goes into I'm going to go into some detail now. What about feeding the dog, health care for the dog, and those kinds of things? Do you pay for those yourself, or do you get help? And if you get help, where, do you, where does that help come from? Well, yes, we do pay for those, um, those things. However, we do um, get a little bit of help here and there. Uh, for example, some pet stores uh, are sponsors of the Lions Foundation Dog Guides, uh, such as PJ's Pets. They offer a discount. Uh, to anybody with a service dog. Um, other pet stores will offer a discount to service dogs as well. Um, some veterinary clinics will offer free nail clipping and uh, discounts for certain things, um, and that's a big help. Also, um, there's a sponsor for heartworm medication uh, through the dog guides so that we um, don't pay for that each year. That's already sponsored. Um, so those little things really do help out uh, with the day-to-day costs of having a big dog. And um, every little bit helps. Were you dog people before Manny came along? Uh, no, we were cat people. <laughs> <laughs> but we are uh, dog people very, very, um, very, very much. Uh, from the moment we met Manny, he just won our hearts over all of us. And uh, it's really hard for my husband and I not to you know, pet him and cuddle him because he just means so much to our family and he means so much to Hastings. But we have to remember that it's so important for their bond to be super strong and we have to pull back and uh, just keep those hugs and smiles for our kids and not for the dog. Yeah, good. Ian, still on the question of money, please tell us about the way dog guide training is funded and the sources of funding for Lions Foundation of Dog Guides um, and related funding matters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, um, we are a, a, a Lions um, uh, project, a national Lions project, and we get um, a large amount of funding from Lions clubs throughout Canada um, that is, a, that is a amazing help. Um, we also have sponsorship um, opportunities for, for companies, for individuals, 
um, for any of our dogs, and uh, there's a sponsorship program, and uh, sponsors get to come to the graduation um, of, of their sponsored dog and, uh, and see who, who's received their dog, and also any other um, uh, sources of funding. You know, we've just had our um, national uh, fundraiser, our Purina Walk for Dog Guides, that takes place every year. Um, and again, Purina support us to a huge extent with that, so that um, every cent we raise from that comes directly to us. Um, and Purina support us in, in other ways as well, um, in terms of uh, they provide us with all our food for our dogs in training here and all our puppies and all our breeding stock. Um, and then other people help, um, you know, with legacies and, and, uh, and forward planning and, uh, and just individual and corporate um, donations as well. All those sources of funding um, uh, go to help us to provide dogs at, at no cost. Very good. Just one very, very quickly. If I were to sponsor a dog, um, how mu- roughly how much would that cost me? Um, we, we have a, a sponsorship target of, of $6,000 right. um, for our seizure um, response dogs. We have different targets for dogs in different programs, um, and that's, that's our sponsorship target. The, the real cost is, is very much more. The real cost of providing that, yeah. the dog is around 20000 um, but our sponsorship target is, uh, for seizure response dog is $6,000. Very helpful. Now, it is time for that break again. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Sandra and Hastings Saunders and Ian Ashworth. You're listening to Family, Givers, so, sorry, Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. It's football, pop culture, and everything in between. Get ready for the game plan with Anthony Heron, a.k.a. Big Ant. Anthony has a background in college and professional football and brings the player, coach, and broadcaster perspective to this weekly roundup of the top sports news and events. Big Ant wants to hear from you, too. Tune in to the game plan with Anthony Heron every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time on the voice america sports channel it's game time stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com. you know i need someone you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon atherley if you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guest, Sandra Hastings Saunt. Hastings, Saunders, and Ian Ashworth. Um, Our topic is seizure response, dog guides, and family caregiving. And I want now to talk about the ways in which more families, like that of Sandra and Hastings, can be helped with 
seizures assistance dog guides. So I'm going to ask um, Sandra first and Ian the same question, which is what are the things that you would like to recommend to bring more dogs like Manny to more people in more circumstances? Sandra, first of all. I think the biggest thing is education. I think people need to know more about these programs and to know more about working dogs in general. Um, anytime we go out to a store, uh, if my husband and I split up, one of us will say, I'll know where to find you. I'll look where everyone else is looking because everyone's looking at the dog. And people like to stop us and ask about Manny, and we're more than happy to tell them um, about him and about the Lions Foundation and where he came from. I think that sort of thing needs to happen more and more so that um, as many people as possible know about this uh, wonderful organization and uh, what a dog guide can do for somebody who needs it. Promotion, in other words. That's yeah, right. promotion and education. So those yep. people know, know more and uh, want to know more. Yep. Ian, same question. Well, that's wonderful. Sandra said it all, really. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we need to get the message out um, to, to Canada, to, to all, provinces, all provinces, to every, everywhere in Canada, um, exactly what we provide and how we provide it. Um, and and on, on the back of that does come education for people with disabilities that, you know, if you do see somebody having a seizure, these are the sort of things that... Um, that you can do to help, um, and so it is. It's 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 a huge um, task to to educate and and to promote um, our programs, and also, um, unfortunately, in in this uh, in this world we live in, we do need money as well. Um, you know, we want to always provide um, as many dogs as we can, free of charge, um, and uh, and we need resources to do that. Um, you know, like I said, we, we pay for everything um, uh, for people to come here and, and stay. So, um, you know, clubs and organizations and anybody out there who um, would like to support um, our organization can do it in, in, in both ways in terms of education and, and financial support as well. Okay. Now, I'm going to just ask you both a bit more about the education, but in particular about the education of people like I used to be, that is a health care professional, a physician, a nurse, the kind of people you meet when um, medical help is being given to somebody with seizures. First of all, Sandra, what was your experience? How well informed were they about um, assistance dogs? A mixed review. Uh, we saw a few different um, physicians. We started with our family physician, didn't really know anything about it, um, then moved on to the pediatrician, and she knew about it but didn't think these things would qualify. Um, and then we ended up seeing a specialist at SickKids, and um, he knew all about the program um, because there's a connection between the two and uh, highly recommended that we apply for the dog. Um, there's some ongoing studies with sick kids and the seizure response dogs um, hopefully that will prove what we've already experienced, that seizures can decrease and um, confidence can be boosted. So you would favor, would you, more effort to educate professionals, healthcare professionals? Um, I, I have a mixed feeling on that one. Um, I think that they're great people to know about it, but they're not necessarily the ones that are in the market to spread the word. Uh, they're so busy with so many other things uh, that they're, that's not something that they will think of as a first-line 
response to somebody with epilepsy or seizures. Perfectly fair. Ian, same question. My, my profession, how well informed are they? Should they be better informed, and if so, how? Um, yes, uh, I think everybody um, could be better informed. Uh, I think one of the things that, that we do need to, to realize is the relative um, uh, sort of use of these sort of programs. A lot of people are very uh, aware of seeing eye dogs and you know, guide dogs helping people with visual um, impairment. Um, and in, t- in general terms, these sort of programs are, are much more recent. Um, you know, the seizure response dog programs, our special skills programs, um, are, are much more recent development. And, and people do need to start to realize that there are these dogs helping people with other types of disabilities, um, other, other than just, you know, the, the traditional um, seeing eye dog or um, dog guide. Um, and as a profession, um, you know, we work hard with um, people that, that come across our dogs who, who are interested and, and want, to, um, you know, want to find out more. Um, as Sandra said, we are uh, doing a study with Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, um, a quality of life study um, uh, to uh, define the, the, you know, the way the dog does help um, children with epilepsy. And I think we work with epile- uh, societies, um, epilepsy societies, and, uh, and, and all that has a knock-on effect to, to try and reach people all, all over and in every sort of um, uh, dealings with children with epilepsy and, and, and families. Right. Sandra, you're a professional teacher in the educational sector. Yeah. Do you think that schools in the educational sector are well enough informed about what Ian was talking about, that is to say the general issues raised by epilepsy and then, in particular, the role of dog guides like many? What do you think? Uh, they're not at all informed. Um, unfortunately, I've had to do a lot of educating with um, my son's school so that they knew more about it. Um, and I have, I'm also a teacher of students who have epilepsy. I have four students in my class who, who have seizures. And um, so I already knew quite a bit about it before um, all this happened. And uh, even other teachers in my own school, where there are four students in one class with epilepsy, didn't know that much about it, didn't know what to watch for, didn't know what to do if a seizure did occur. Um, so far as the dog guide, uh, lots of people know about seeing eye dogs and sometimes mobility service dogs, but very, very few people know about service dogs for seizure response. And um, they're interested and eager to know. So I think the more that we talk about it and the more that we share our stories, the more people will know. Right. Is there anything particular, uh, the, le- the level of officialdom that could be done in schools to sort of build the understanding and awareness, do you think? Well, Hastings and I have started doing uh, little presentations at a couple different schools um, so that other kids can learn about um, Manny and what he can do for Hastings. Hastings made his little movie, and um, he shares that movie with others so that they can see what it's all about, uh, going to dog school and all the training that he did there and all the special things that Manny does for him and how other kids should behave when they do see a working dog out in the community. Right. Talking of that movie, um, we do have uh, an email address 
for listeners to email into. Is this something that you would be willing to share? You know, we, we'd act as the go-between, so to speak, if yeah, you wanted sure. to. It's, uh, it's on YouTube, so I can um, forward the link to you. Very good, very good. Because I think the idea that this movie is being created by Hastings and by a family with this kind of experience, I think, has a very, in itself, a very powerful message. So yes, please, to that one. Now, going back to, to Ian, and it's still the same question, though, of getting these messages out mm-hmm. and um, talking still about officialdom, you know, the healthcare system, the educational system, public information, health promotion, and all that kind of thing. What more can we do there? Um, I, well, I think programs like this, Gordon, and any other exposure that we can get are, are obviously going to help. Um, any individual sort of campaigning that people can do, any body that um, is interested can obviously come to our website at, at dogguides.com and uh, and see the programs that we provide. Um, but it is it's 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 always a bit a bit of a battle. It's always a bit of a struggle with so many things going on, with so many pulls on uh, on people's time and and, and giving. Um, it's it's a, a constant battle to try and get our message out, and uh, and I think having um, you know people like Sandra and, and Hastings, um, you know, being so active and, and really trying to to get the message out is is, is a huge huge help, um, and and then we um, have our uh, exposure and we do our, our sort of public relations and and, uh, and information. Um, as much as we can, and it is, uh, you know, slowly, slowly trying to to chip in to um, to get people's awareness raised on a, on a constant basis. Obviously, we hope that this program will be in some way helpful, um, but also I'd like to suggest that um, if ideas come come into us from listeners about how the message can be promoted because that's really what it is and mm-hmm. how the education be created we we would love to hear them because we we want to be helpful because this is something very important now i'm just going to say from my experience of this show family caregivers unite and this is the 23rd episode what I've learned is that people like Sandra and Hastings who are walking down a particular road, they've experienced, they've learned things. I find more and more people are really keen to share their experience, pass their advice along, and just generally be helpful to others who are starting off down that same road. So any suggestions anybody has for helping along those lines, we'd be glad to know. And there are people, as you know, who are starting up their own websites in connections with particular conditions. That's the kind of thing that we'd like to hear about and share information about. Now, I am getting the signal, unfortunately, that it's, we're coming up to the close. So I'm going to, first of all, thank, say thank you to our listeners and to emphasize again that um, please would you email us with your comments and questions and we will be very pleased to follow up and also suggestions about the kind of things that we've been talking about. I want to say thank you to our guests, Sandra, Hastings and Ian for 
exhilarating us with your experience, your insights, and your advice, and also giving us a glimpse of the world that you live in and the work in and the way in which it works, because that in itself is an exciting, interesting story of challenge. So I want to, on behalf of everyone, to wish you every continuing success with everything that you're doing. Now, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about other types of dog guides and how they work with family caregivers. So to our audience, please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.